This is Joel Johnson, Senior Minister at Parkview Christian Church. I want to thank you for listening to our sermons online. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me by email at joeljohnson at parkviewfinley.org. Well, dads, today we celebrate you for all the, the broken toys that we hoped that you could miraculously fix, for all the late nights that you spent waiting for us to get home, whether that was pacing the, the front room or out driving, looking, or even still waiting for a phone call to make sure we made it home safely, for all the requests for gas money or food money or whatever money, for all the, the horrible jokes that made us groan and roll our eyes, for all the actually funny jokes that we pretended weren't funny because we didn't want to encourage you, for all the times that you pulled a prank, scared us unexpectedly, and the few times that we actually got you back, for all the little things that you did for us just because, for all the sacrifices that you made to provide for us the things that you didn't have, we say thank you. As you think about fatherhood today, we, we recognize that it's such an incredible responsibility. We're glad for dads who diligently work investing in the lives of their families, who are doing such a great job, making an impact. Father's Day may be a, a wonderful day of celebration for you. I hope you have a great time together as a family. But I, I do understand that others of us have difficulty with this holiday because of history and the things that we've experienced. Maybe you have a dad who's, who's passed away or grandfather, and today's always been uh, a bit difficult for you. Maybe you have a dad who was absent in your life, or maybe a dad who made a very conspicuous exit. Maybe your relationship with your dad left you hurting and broken, and you still haven't fully healed from that. Maybe as a dad, today's a hard day for you because you've, you've lost a child or your children are distant or estranged. Maybe you're a dad who lives with regret about the things that you have done or not done as a parent. You know, dads, we have, a, we have a way of being critical of ourselves, don't we? This goes with the the, the burden of that responsibility that we're our own worst critics sometimes. We feel the weight of responsibility to provide, to care for, to nurture, to inspire, to develop character, to spend time with, to discipline, and to love, to make laugh, to set up for success, to embarrass at the right times, and also not embarrass at the wrong times. To be an example. To embody the fortitude and resilience that we know our kids will need to survive in the world as it is today. But at the same time, being tender-hearted and surprisingly sensitive. It's, it's hard to be a dad. We look in Scripture and we, we find uh, a lot about fatherhood. So many examples. There are some examples of great successes. There are a lot of, of stories that, that include a statement of fact. This was the father of. And they don't really describe what that, what that relationship looked like. It's, it's taken for granted, expected that we'll understand. 
as we read through Scripture, we see a surprising number of failures of fathers. Not just small failures, massive, horrible failures. And some of those stories are, are stories of overcoming failure and recovering from failure. Others are real, true stories of, of very difficult, painful situations. We're not going to use those stories of failures as what not to do as in fatherhood. And what I'd like to do today is, is evaluate what Scripture tells us will, that will help us become better fathers. It will help us remain doing the things that we're doing well as we follow after the calling that God has placed in our lives, dads, to, to be good fathers. And so I'd like to begin with a proverb that, in my mind, perfectly summarizes fatherhood. It's Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. A wise son brings joy to his father. A foolish son brings grief to his mother. This is written by Solomon. Solomon, a man known for his wisdom, empowered by God with supernatural wisdom and understanding. And here is his summary that I think is what we all can, can agree for, for dads. This is success in, in, in being a dad. When, when, when he's doing right, that's my son. When he's doing wrong, he's your son. When? <laughs> now, This actually is commentary on, on children, understanding the weight of the, the burden of making foolish decisions and making your mother grieve, but it does teach us a little bit of that perspective about father. Luckily, there's much more the Bible says about being a good father. Proverbs 22, 6 helps provide some perspective. Here's what it says. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. And fathers... Guide their children with their example. Here's one of the, the responsibilities we learn about, about fatherhood, this role model, being, being a great role model for our children. Kids look up to dad in a variety of ways throughout that relationship, the relationship that changes over time. When kids are toddlers, dad is invincible. He's incredible. He's super size, super strength. He's the coolest, smartest. He's amazing. Kids get into grade school. And dad is the, the fun guide. He's teaching sports as he's playing along, making time for his kids. He's on the floor playing games. He makes time for them, whether that's sitting in the stands or coaching. His example is seen and heard through every interaction, every word, every gesture. And then kids become teenagers. And suddenly... Both kids and parents realize that dad is no longer the coolest and the strongest and the smartest. Suddenly gone from knowing everything and being the, the person they want to be around the most to being the most embarrassing person who has ever existed in this world. And yet, he's still needed. His presence is still wanted. And he is still a strong example, listening to problems telling stories about the way he handled those problems when, when he was a teenager. What, you went through the same thing? Yes. Yes. And here's what I did right. Here's what I did wrong. He sits at the table and helps with homework, supporting his kids continually through all their activities. And sometimes in those rare moments, he accomplishes the miraculous feat and just for a moment reclaims his title as the coolest dad. But it doesn't last. <laughs> 
It doesn't last. Then kids leave for college and they begin a life of their own. And dad then becomes needed so much more. The man who knew so little about life when they were teenagers has become an anchor of wisdom and strength that they cannot live without. And even though their relationship is entirely different than it's ever been, it's still meaningful and special. Dad, as you recognize how your relationship with your kids changes, we need to take advantage of, of the moments when they come to be the best example that we can be. There's truth in this proverb that, that we can utilize through those early years to help our kids build a strong foundation and point their lives in the direction that will be beneficial for them. As they navigate through life, they'll have to make their own decisions about who they will become, about the path they're going to take, about education, career, spouse, and place to live. So many decisions to make, so much confusion for them and uncertainty. But even in the midst of all that uncertainty, they'll be able to look down and see the path that you've set them on. A path that will help guide them through all of that uncertainty. It's a path that already has tread marks on it, a path that's been worn already by the, the course that you've taken through life. As, as, as you've charted that that course of character and quality and decision-making that, that they can follow as you've demonstrated the truth of Scripture, lived out. They can see where your feet have gone and know there's a path for them to follow to make their own decisions because you've made a decision to be an example to help them through that process. Now, not every kid stays on that path that you try and set them on. There are some kids that you put their feet on it and immediately they take a, a turn away from that path. Some kids, it's a detour, and they come back to the path later in life. But dads, you know that your example of living will make a significant impact on the way that your kids will live. You see it in the way that they look like you, and they talk like you, and they respond to situations like you, how they handle stress like you, and how their temper flares the same way yours does. They, in many ways, are affected by your life but you also see it in the way that they laugh and make jokes and interact with people the same way you do. When you choose to set a child on the way they should go, one that they will not depart from, the most important aspect of that process is demonstrating to them how to live in relationship with the Lord, how to, how to, how to have a maturing and developing faith, committed to service and discipleship. And it's an important part of fatherhood to, to not only help kids understand that the direction of their life spiritually, but to provide that strong example for them. We turn to the book of Ephesians to hear more about, about fatherhood. Chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Paul says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may, may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, fathers... You choose how your relationship will impact your children. Now, we, we read this verse about a month ago. We had our Mother's Day service. And uh, you may remember we, we talked about the significance of, uh, that moms take hold of in fulfilling this promise. Honor your father and mother, the first commandment with promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Moms have a way of making sure that promise is fulfilled. That if you do not obey, you will experience the wrath of mom. 
And, and we understand that some of, the, some of the instructions we have in Scripture about parenting are for both parents together. Some of those instructions are geared more toward mom and more toward dad. Paul here in verse 4 talks right to us dads. He says this, Fathers, do not exasperate your children, but instead bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. It seems that the, the role of dad throughout history, even in biblical times, has been to pick on and pester our kids. It's part of the job. We give them a hard time. We love to make them laugh. We love to make them smile. And if nothing else, just to get an epic eye roll out of them. And we all, dads, know where that line should be. The, the line between pushing your kids away and having fun with them. And, and sometimes we use that, that tool of, of pestering to help them open up. When, when, they, when they clam up in those teenage years, when they want to be private and not let you in, that, that's one of those ways to, to crack open that shell and, and engage with our kids. But sometimes that line is not where it's supposed to be. Sometimes that line moves and we accidentally step across it and we recognize the value of these words. Don't exasperate your children, but instead train them up. And we know that it's important that instead of creating a barrier in our relationship with our kids, we should be helping them to know and love the Lord in the instruction and training of the Lord. In my life, that began with stories. I remember as a kid hearing all about the, the stories of the Bible uh, from a, a picture book that we had, a big blue-bound book that had story after story after story in a bedtime. We, we would read those stories. We had other, other picture books that had Bible stories retold in understandable words and, and, and cute little illustrations. Those are still with me. When I, when I hear a Bible story, I still, I still think about those pictures in those books, the, the way those stories unfolded in the, in the uh, retold versions of those stories. And, and I know there's, there's an important piece of this idea of growing up in the training and instruction of the Lord that, that is given to us dads to, to be the, the voice that delivers that message. As the spiritual head of our homes, we have been entrusted with this responsibility. Now, that's a responsibility that we delegate sometimes, and we, we delegate that to mom, and she takes the, the lead in teaching and training according to Scripture. Sometimes we delegate that role to a Sunday school teacher or to a minister at church. But no matter who we partner with in the process, dads, that responsibility still rests on us to, to be the voice, training and instructing in the Lord. To, 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 to teach and to guide our children, to know the truth of God's word. We, we cannot deny that responsibility to be the spiritual head of our homes. And it's important for us to be that representation in the lives of our kids if we want to set their feet on the right path and expect them to follow it through life. We have to actively engage in that role and choose not only to be an example, but to be a teacher and guide and instructor according to the truth of God's word. Now, that doesn't always remain in the form of story. As I grew up, I, I heard the truth of God's word in a variety of different ways. Sometimes it was in the middle of a, a, a difficult time in my life, and I heard the word of God through advice and instruction from my dad uh, of helping me understand a situation for what it was and, and, and understanding scripturally how I should view the things that were happening, how I should interact with the people around me and, and, and the the course that I should take through the difficulty I was facing. And I, I heard those messages. Sometimes it was, it was an actual Bible study, and, and, and I needed someone to explain to me 
how the truth of God's word made sense for me in my own life. And I could trust and depend on my father. And I know that's an important role for me to take in the lives of my sons and dads. That's an important role for each of us to accept and engage in as our kids are growing up. We've been given this challenge of teaching and training our kids in the knowledge of the Lord. But there's more into the story. As we turn to the 127th Psalm, we have another challenge as, as dads. Here's what it says. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward for, from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. Now, here's, here's what we read in, in this song, that children are a heritage and reward from the Lord very much a product of their parents. And their fathers can take special notice of how they're blessed to have children who will continue on in the way they have been brought up, continuing on in that example, in that legacy. And we have this image of a warrior who takes an arrow from a quiver, aims the direction he wants it to go, draws a string and releases, and that arrow will travel in the direction that the warrior aimed it. That illustration that helps us understand what it is to raise up a child and send them out into the world. There are factors that will affect the flight of an arrow, the elevation, wind, weather, obstructions between the target. And generally, the flight of the arrow depends on the one who released it. But one of the blessings of fatherhood is to see children go beyond, to extend past where the father was able to go. Fathers share in a legacy that they leave their children. It's a blessing to a father, but it's also something they, they share in. And well, legacy is important. We have, to, we have to understand a full measure of legacy. It's not just what you hand down to your kids. A legacy includes what's been handed down to you. And in order to fully understand legacy, you have to look to the past and understand those experiences, that history, as you think about what the future holds and what you will hand to your kids and the expectations you place in their life. When we look to the, the past, we look back and consider the impact of things that have, that have taken place. Successes that, that our, our parents and grandparents, those who came before us, had. But we also understand sometimes those successes become expectations. When you live up as part of a family who is known for accomplishing this thing, it, it's very common for parents to lay that expectation in the lives of their children. You're a part of this family. This is who we are, and this is what you will do. That's a burden for children to, to carry through life, thinking that they have to live up to that expectation. We look back to the past to understand legacy. We don't always see successes. Sometimes we also see failure. Those failures from the past hopefully are obstacles to overcome, a challenge that, that we see, but those, those failures from the past also can become a burden in the lives of, of kids that will impede future growth, the weight that we hand down to them. Dads, we look back to the past, and sometimes we see patterns that repeat themselves, cycles, patterns of behavior, habits, or addictions that have been a part of a family history. And we recognize that there's a danger when those chains of behavior are there, that they will continue on in future generations. And it's important for us dads to make a decision, to be decisive and say, this will no longer continue on in the future generations that will come. Whatever that thing was that you've seen in your history, in generations that came before to say this ends here and it will no longer be a, a definition of our family. I choose not to make this part of our legacy. And that's a, that's a difficult decision to make, dads. 
It's a responsibility to step into and to uphold for the sake of your kids. In other cases, we look back to the past and we see, we see character that's, that's a, a, a pattern through history. We see, we see good decisions that, that are, are cyclical, that, that come back, and, and we want to uphold those and help our kids live according to that family DNA, to take hold of that mantra as part of our family. We're, we're responsible people, and we, we always do what's right. We always keep our word, those kinds of things that can continue and be a chain that you see in the future. But there are still other cases, dads, where we, we look to the past and we see regret. And sometimes that regret comes because of financial burdens. Sometimes that regret comes because of, of physical limitations. Sometimes that regret comes because of decision-making that, that's been a part of our history. And, and we come to a point where we're ready to pass on the legacy, and we, we decide, I want, I want my kid to, to be more than I ever could be. And, and occasionally, we have the temptation to, to live vicariously through our kids. And, and sometimes those patterns from the past cause us to enable our kids and to encourage negative behavior. Why? Because, well, they're able to do more than I ever could, and I want to remove all the obstacles so they can, they can succeed and they can become the things that I couldn't become. And we place them in a very dangerous place, and we allow things to happen that we should never have allowed because they're, they're doing things that we had always hoped that we could do but never did. And that, that thought of, of boosting them up to accomplish some goal that we could never fulfill causes us to allow some very negative things to take place in their lives. We need to be very careful about that kind of legacy. Establishing a positive legacy, a legacy that's a blessing to, to fathers and their children is a matter of putting the past in perspective and moving forward in faith to establish healthy and beneficial practices that are taught, that are passed down, that are repeated, that, that are provided as an example for our kids. When you aim well, you have a better chance of hitting your target. The more time you take to prepare and consider all the details and factors and conditions as a warrior would aim an arrow and think about elevation and wind conditions. As a parent, we think about the future of our kids, like a, a warrior taking an arrow from his quiver, knocking it on the string, getting ready to release. The more we consider the factors around the life of our child, the more that we prepare them for the future they're going to face, the more successful they'll be, the truer their flight will be through life the better off they'll be in accomplishing faithful living and obedience to the Lord. The last passage I want to look at is actually two passages together as we prepare for this last point of our Father's Day service. Dad's part of, part of my gift to you on Father's Day is being short and to the point so that we can go and enjoy the rest of our day and grill and relax. So let's just move right through this. We're going to start with Psalm 103 and move to Proverbs chapter 3. Here's the first one. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And then Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves. As a father, the son he delights in. Here is one of the most difficult responsibilities that fathers have. We bear the responsibility of reflecting God's role as heavenly father in the lives of our kids. Now, this, this responsibility may not seem fair. It might feel overwhelming or intimidating. But, but fathers, we become the first representation in the lives of our kids of who God is as their heavenly father. While that's a huge responsibility to bear, it also helps us understand the, the role that God fills in our lives as heavenly father. And, and, and gaining a complete understanding of this is beneficial for us as parents, and also it's beneficial for our kids as they understand what their relationship with God should look like. 
Now, some of us have a distorted view of God because we didn't have a great relationship with dad. And that's something that, that we all have to overcome in our lives. If we have a dad who was absent, we've been provided a view of God who is distant and uncaring. If we had a dad who was, who was harsh and legalistic, it provides to us an image of God who is a wrathful judge. If we have a dad who was selfish, it provides for us a view of God who cannot be trusted, who we expect to let us down. Others of us received a clearer picture of God because of the way our dads raised us. We had a dad who was caring. That demonstrates to us a God who was benevolent and kind. If we had a dad who was responsible, he demonstra demonstrates to us how God can be trusted. If our dad was dependable and, and provided all of our, for all of our needs and even some things we didn't need, it helps us to understand how God provides. A dad who's forgiving demonstrates the grace, mercy, and compassion of God. A dad who lovingly instructs and corrects helps us understand how God disciplines us for our good. Those aspects of God's character that can be reflected in the life of a father become an example. They make a distinct impression on our kids. Whether we want that to happen or not, it happens. Whether we want to accept that truth or not, it is a reality, and we have to step into that example. We have to step into that role. We have to take hold of that responsibility for the sake of our kids, for the sake of their understanding of who God is, for the sake of their relationship with God being healthy and complete and whole. It's important for us to recognize how we've had those successes and failures and to teach our kids, even from our own mistakes, how they can grow in their love for the Lord and relationship with him. And most importantly, whether we've been successful, whether we have not been successful in the past, the lesson that we learn and that we teach is that God truly is our Heavenly Father. And no matter where we've been or what we've done, we find in him unconditional love. We find in him acceptance, even if we've never felt that anywhere else before. We find in him a home and a family, belonging to him as if we were his very own, co-heirs with Christ. As children in the family of God, we find a place of acceptance and belonging. We find a home in which an inheritance has been provided, a place to belong for eternity with a loving, caring father who wants us, who desires for us to be with him and has gone to incredible lengths to make that happen for us.